2022 was the first summer for FSY. That stands for, For the Strength of Youth. These are youth camps put on by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. During June, July, and August, youth across North America traveled by stakes to various university campuses for a one-week spiritual experience. Through group activities, games, dances, devotionals, and classes, youth found various ways to help them connect with heaven and draw closer to their Savior Jesus Christ. In the next three episodes of I Am In, we will interview key players and positions that make these camps unique and inspiring for youth ages 14 to 18. Episode 1, Session Directors. Episode 2, Young Adult Counselors. And Episode 3, Seminary and Institute Teachers. We look forward to spending the next few weeks with you. This is Michelle Burke, the host of the I Am In podcast and an institute teacher for the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion. We're excited to be together today. I'm Michelle Burke, and I'm with Tom Lundgren and Ryan Butler. And the three of us had the opportunity this summer to be session directors at FSY, the First Strength of Youth conferences. And so we're here to share some of our experiences and answer maybe questions people have for this wonderful program that's brand new this summer. Um, So maybe let's just start by introducing what the program is. You bet. FSY stands for For Strength of Youth. um, If you've heard of things like... Um, EFY or BYS that we did here in the Valley, it, it kind of replaces that. It gives an opportunity for youth uh, from the year they turn 14 onwards to come and have an experience that's been kind of outlined by the prophets and the apostles to draw closer to the Savior through the theme scripture for the year and, and make connections with others. Yeah, and it is modeled exactly after, especially for youth from BYU. It is the same schedule almost to the hour from Monday through Saturday morning. And I and they are choosing or trying to take stakes away from home, a few hours away from home, like they do for girls camp or they used to do for scout camp. So teens can have an experience all on their own for this one week. Which I think is so crucial and important in the development of teenagers and even the young adult counselors that serve. You know, you think about young people going on missions and some of them arrive at that time to leave and they may have never really spent time away from home. Yeah. And so if a young person during their four years of high school can have a couple FSY experiences where they go to a completely different location away from home, they're gone for a week, uh, they get used to missionary-like schedules and things where there's something every minute of the day sure things are planned out they have a little bit of free time they're saying prayers they're reading scriptures they're getting instruction they're learning how to talk and meet new people and even given opportunities to teach and share and testify and those kinds of things so it's uh there's a lot of benefits to it that i think are even farther reaching than just the week that they're there to experience it one of the things that it does in the short term, though, that gives them some perspective long term is when they get out of their comfort zone, which going away from home does for many of them, um, it makes them more vulnerable and willing to share some things that they may not share in their priest quorum, or they might not be willing to share in their young women's class because those are people that have known them or know them for a really long time. So they feel maybe pigeonholed into a certain kind of a person, whereas they get here that vulnerability allows them maybe to just open a little more, yeah. which can be a wonderful thing. That was one of our biggest messages the first night was, 
you're here and the only label you get this week is you are a child of God. That's it. Anything that you think people think of you or you think of others, they don't they're not invited this week to FSY. Yeah. And it really is a magical place for that reason. Everything's brand new. It may be the first time a youth reads scriptures by themselves and understands them. It may be the first time they actually kneel down and pray. Um, and, and that's the magic of it. Even though you, you teach that in your homes and we teach that in our youth program, to be there with other youth who are trying and counselors who are teaching you step-by-step step how to do that, it puts them in an environment to actually do it, some for the very first time. Yeah, I think the Spirit, I like to say it like this. I don't, I don't know a better way to say it, but... I think the spirit manifests itself in a very unique way at these types of conferences, right? It's it's nothing different than the Holy Ghost. There, there's no other thing that you feel, right? It's the Holy Ghost. It's it's the Savior, um, but it's it's manifest in a very unique way. Um, and so I like the word you used. It's kind of a magical opportunity, and that's a good that's a good way to describe it. It is. It has kind of that magical feel that you don't want to leave when it's over. Um, but it's nice to just remember that that comes from the Holy Ghost, you know. And one of my messages at the beginning of my session was remember that FSY can't save you, you know. And uh, church, seminary, scriptures, these things can't save you. They don't save you. Uh, so, so why do we do these? Why do we put so much money and time and effort and training into these kinds of things? Um, and of course, it's because these, these kinds of events give us an opportunity to come to the Savior. He's the one that saves. Mm-hmm. And so we need to remember that, you know, it's, it's always, um, we kind of hype up, so to speak, the event, which is good. Like, it's fine. Let's, let's get the word out. But it's always important to remember that FSY can't save you, but it's there to bring you to the person that can. Um, and so hopefully when youth are there or when parents are encouraging their youth to go, they remember that and they they buy in and they try and they do those things that you mentioned that perhaps they've never done before. And I think they can find that in a very real way, um, they can connect to the Savior, like you said, maybe in ways they never have. So. It's real special. It really is awesome. Let's define some terms before we talk about the schedule of the week. Um, we're really good at having acronyms for everything, right? FSY, BYU, EFY, CES. Like there's, <laughs> there's acronyms sure. for everything. But when you come to the For the Strength of Youth program, there are all these different positions. So we, the three of us here today, were session directors, meaning we were a couple asked to oversee one week. And we go and we teach a lot of the major group devotionals, large group setting. But there are the young adults who do everything that are amazing. So you have coordinators and then you have counselors. And the coordinators run the show. They oversee the whole week. They know what's going on, who's supposed to be where, what buildings to use, how to talk to AV. And those counselors work week after week after week. the coordinators and counselors together are really what do it all. I think as a session director, I thought we were coming to help run the week. No, <laughs> we were not. We came to teach and to love, and that was so fun that the young adults carried so much. Whether you're a teacher, because there's some teachers who come in, and they're right. also seminary and institute personnel, and they get to come in and teach on a couple of those days, or session directors. One of the nice things is I don't have to worry about logistics at all. 
I didn't have to worry about who needed to be where at what time, except for myself and my wife. And we just knew we needed to be at this place at this time to teach. Uh, that was huge because the young, uh, the young single adults really they do everything, everything, everything except for these big teaching uh, and the class teaching. They really do everything. They handle most of the discipline. They the make sure people are where they need to be. They take care of medical issues. They make sure that medicine is given to who it needs to be given to and when it needs to be given. They make sure they're in bed at night. They make sure they're up in the morning. They make sure they're with their group. They make sure everything. everything. <laughs> Even the gluten pizza on Thursday night when they have pizza night. Yeah. Um, talk about the counselors. Yeah. So maybe just to add on a little bit to what's already been said, you know, the only, the only things I found myself needing to help them with on occasion were perhaps a disciplinary issue, right? That's something that, that they would reach out to us for help. And I think the one thing that they don't um, have their hands on, so to speak, as much as we do are the teachers, right? As session directors, we're the ones that uh, observe and, you know, do a little, a little write up on the teachers that come to teach classes. But you're right. Other than that, yeah. they run the show. And it's, it's very nice for, for us to be able just to focus on what we're coming there to do. And one of the huge things I sent two children to, to FSY this summer is knowing that they were going to be in the hands of counselors primarily, um, these young single adults who'd been vetted and hired and trained at BYU at BYU in June, and then they have these uh, coordinators and assistant coordinators who are working with them both daily and weekly, so that they could make sure that my two sons who went and every other youth had the best experience possible. And you could see it. I mean, these counselors were very capable. They they took they took these youth like they were their own. They weren't just doing the job, they were trying to help youth come closer to the Savior. They took and that responsibility pretty serious. With all the energy and passion and excitement yeah. and enthusiasm that only a young adult can bring. I, I, the first night when we watched them go up on the stage and do all the fun dances in front of the kids, it was like, wow, I'm glad you guys are the counselors. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's maybe an important part to recognize because we talk about all the spiritual connections and the things that are going to happen, and those will all happen. But it isn't like it's Sunday school all week. No, it's so fun. I mean, there's energy and fun and excitement, but when it's time to, to slow down and feel some things, they're really good at making sure that happens. And, and it seemed my misperception was that that whiplash would be difficult to go from dancing, yelling, screaming to, okay, now we're going to slow down and we're going to jump into the scriptures and feel some things. But they just roll with it. I, th I thought it worked marvelously. Oh, I think it is a perfected schedule after how many decades of EFY. They know you've got to have a meet and greet Monday night. They know you've got to have something fun on Tuesday, an introductory dance. Some of these kids have never even danced. So you get them awkwardly in a position to try, and all of a sudden they make all these friends by Wednesday. Everybody's having a blast. Thursday is this magical spiritual bubble of a day. It's like the sacred temple day. And by Friday, everybody's friends. No one wants to go home. Big fun dance at the end. Big send off at the end. So. The order of things is for a reason. And the way that the young adults add their enthusiasm is for a reason. And then the spiritual teaching brought either by session directors or those teachers is also placed in the schedule for a reason. And, and the way they alternate all of those, it really is perfection by the time it's Saturday morning and those youth go home. Yeah, amen to all of that. I've, I feel like the week-long time frame really allows them to develop 
Mm -hmm. um, their groups and their activities in a very powerful, real, genuine kind of way, right? They have enough time, the counselors have enough time with their youth to really develop that relationship as they go. And, and sometimes, yeah, groups will kind of click on day one or day two. Some maybe don't click till day three or day four. Um, but nevertheless, they have that time to spend with those groups. And I totally agree. Their, their schedule is very well thought out. It's very comprehensive. They seem to appeal to all different personalities and types of learning. You know, there's, there's times to write. There's times to listen. There's times to engage. There's times to watch. Times um, to play games. There's times, times to, to have dance. activities. So they really appeal I think to personalities and learning styles and there really literally is it's cliche but there's something for everyone at FSY there really is and and I don't know necessarily if the aim is to connect every little thing with every youth there right I think the idea is at some point during those five days if those youth can connect with a speaker or a couple activities or one devotional night. Those are big wins. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, yeah, just as long as they're getting that connection, having that exposure, which they, which they do, it's powerful. And, you know, one thing to, to add about the counselors, um, I think typically parents or leaders, hesitations they might have in sending their youth or even hesitations youth might have in going I have, I have discovered that the greatest answer that would speak to those hesitations in some way involves the counselor. It's telling those parents or those leaders or those youth saying, listen, your counselor is incredible. Your kids' counselors that you're sending, they are incredible. They are trained on how to break the ice and how to connect with these youth and how to have good relationships with them and how to handle difficult situations. They're trained on how to teach. You know, they're, they're trained on these things and you just have to give those counselors and those coordinators and those assistant coordinators a chance to prove themselves because they really are, they're that good. And I think at the end of the week, when you ask these youth, what were some of your favorite parts I think the majority of the responses, at least their first two or three responses, are going to involve or include my counselors. Absolutely. I loved my counselors. I loved my group. Mm -hmm. um, and so really, I, I think that's, that's the key to all this is just how well prepared these counselors are, you know, in, in their experience and in their training. We know the, the scriptures teach about the importance of unity, and we talk about unity in the church regularly, but we have... Sometimes, depending on where you live, it's not like you're with the same people for 100 years, right? Especially if you have different callings, they move you around, whatever the case may be. A great lesson learned at FSY is when you're in a spiritual environment where you're willing to engage with the Spirit, you can make connections quickly that feel very meaningful because there's this spiritual connection that happens. Right? It's not like the counselors are like, oh, you like basketball, I like basketball uh -huh. too. That, can that happen? Sure. But that's pretty superficial. Uh -huh. The connections that they're making with their counselors are because of these spiritual moments. There's a depth there that, that supersedes some of the, the, the ways we think we connect with people because, oh, we have this thing in common. What we have in common there is the Savior, and that connection drives them through the week. 
So they start to feel that. So. Absolutely. And I think the magic is a counselor has 12 to 14 youth to themselves. So a female counselor with 12 to 14 girls, a male counselor with 12 to 14 boys, and then together those two groups make a company. Sometimes three groups make a company depending on numbers, but that's those small groups is where that one-on-one -on -one interaction comes and where they are more vulnerable and more willing to open up. And, and it was fun as a session director at the end of a night to go join one of those small groups, all the girls in their pajamas sitting in the hallway, and they have their FSY notebook, which guides them through a devotional. So the counselor may ask a question and then give the girls five minutes of quiet time to just sit and write. What did you feel at today's morning devotional? What stood out to you that you loved? And they just sit in the hallway with their pen and everybody's writing. Now, if you're a young woman who's never done something like this, but the, the 10 other girls around you are doing it, you're gonna write. <laughs> you're gonna come up with something to say. And then when it's done, the counselor opens up and says, share with me what you felt today or what your takeaway was from the devotional or from the teacher. And in that intimate setting, that's when I heard the magic. I felt the spirit for the, for the first time when brother so-and-so was teaching his class or I felt the spirit when our whole group was singing the song that it was our theme song, you know, and and you hear as a session director, wow, the spirit is being felt at a dance, at a devotional, at a teaching moment, quietly at lunch with a friend. And you realize the magic that's pouring back and forth between this cute session on a campus and heaven for every one of those youth just up and down the whole time they're there. And then they go from that small setting with their counselors to the company devotionals in the morning where the boys and girls meet together. And again, it's a devotional setting, smaller than the big, huge session. We had 450 in our session. How many did you each have? We had 440. 440. About 400. Okay. So about two stakes for us made 450 with a few stragglers. And so when you get in a big area like that, it's a different kind of feeling and a different experience versus the company or the small group with the counselor. So all those different areas to connect in different ways make a unique week. For sure. Uh, let's talk about opening messages. What was your main, we got to meet with as session directors, we come Sunday, we get to meet with all the coordinators and counselors as our own young adult devotional. What did you do then? So mine was simple. I used two stories out of the New Testament about people who needed healed by the Savior. The guy dropped through the roof, and the man at the pool of Bethesda. And we talked about who was blessed. Who was blessed by what happened in those two stories and then who missed out. And of course the friends are blessed. The person who needed blessed by the Savior is blessed. Those watching are blessed. The only ones that missed out are the, man, are the people who stepped over the man at the pool of Bethesda because they were more worried about themselves than him. So my invitation to the counselors, the young single adults, was this week you're going to see some pool of Bethesda youth. Right, and their parents have sent them here, and there have been thousands of prayers in your behalf to help their son or daughter be brought to the Savior. Please don't step over them. So and, that was my message Sunday night. And I love the concept of the story bringing the man in through the roof, because those are friends, right? The friends who rip off a roof to get their That's friend right. to the Savior. And they're blessed because they brought somebody to the Savior. Yeah. The only ones that miss out are the ones who didn't engage in helping bring the harmed person to Christ. So cool. What'd you that share? Is, that's really good. Um, you know, I went in with some pre-planned, pre-prepared ideas of what to share with the counselors. Um, and as my wife and I got there and heard their introductions and uh, and sat and just listened to them, 
um, my, my thoughts about what to share changed a little bit. Um, so I've uh, been pretty blessed to be able to teach some leadership classes on campus at Boise State. And in just hearing some of the concerns that the counselors had from the previous week about things that were difficult for them, um, I really had some good things I felt that I could offer them to help them in these kinds of uh, situations, right? So two, two things that I talked with the counselors about that Sunday night um, were high love and high expectations and creating experiences that will shape beliefs. Mm, awesome. And so the idea, right, is that these counselors are trying to help their youth understand what's expected of them that week. And unless there's that expectation, right, the youth aren't really otherwise invited to do much. So they have to have these expectations and meet them. But how do you do that in a Christ-like way? Mm -hmm. How do you lead a youth to have a desire to do what FSY is asking them to do and trust in that process, right? So we talked about some of those things. Um, and then I just gave them the invitation and said, your job this week is to pr provide an experience for your youth. And, and primarily it's an experience with the Savior. And so we try to create experiences and experiences are so important because they shape what we believe. Typically what we believe about something is because we've had an experience with it, whether it's good or bad. So we can create an experience that will shape what they believe, believe and beliefs always lead to actions and actions always lead to results. So it's just kind of a good lens for them to look at the week through. And sometimes counselors, I think, have a difficult time just saying, how can I measure my success as a counselor? How do I know if I've done a good job? Well, if you have made an attempt to create an experience for them with prayer, the scriptures, each other, the Savior, the Holy Ghost, whatever those might be that might shape what they believe about those things in a positive way, that's great. That's really good. So mine were just more geared to equipping those counselors um, in kind of a, I don't want to say academic because that's not the right word, but a spiritual level also, um, but kind of a, a ground level. Here are some tangible things you can do this week to be successful. Awesome. Awesome. So Sunday night, and that's also an advantage of being a young adult counselor is you get to come not only to feed youth and bless youth and have a job and get paid, mm -hmm. but Sunday night is for them, right? That's a chance for them to have a teaching moment one-on-one uh, -on -one with a session director, ask questions, get to know them, and it turned out great. Adam's joining us. Adam Cobb, he and his wife were in Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, talk to, about Family Home Evening. How did you guys open your week with all the youth for Family Home Evening at FSY? Uh, boy, that's a fun question. So we, um, gosh, I got to think about that for a second. Uh, of course, the, the key aspect of Family Home Evening was President Nelson's broadcast, right? Amazing. And, and, uh, and then we kind of highlighted off of that. We, I did, we did have, Christy and I had a, um, oh, it's okay. Uh, Christy and I had a um, musical number, right? And, and we highlighted and talked about uh, President, President Nelson's identity and that uh, shed, shed what you have or what you think you are and just let heaven, heaven speak to you. One of the things that we, we really pushed was spiritual memory, that you're going to have some experiences this week and we want you to um, 
not forget what your spiritual memory is. And, and so as you go through this week, be highlighting and, and, and paying attention to the spiritual memory. And of course, the introduction of trusting in the Lord, that uh, part of the trust that you have in the Lord is trusting what He tells you in reference to spiritual memory. Oh, I love it. I loved our theme scripture, Trust in the Lord from Proverbs. Uh, when we started Monday night, we had the music lyric videos playing up on the screen as all the youth were coming in. And this was the first time they're meeting each other is Monday night. They've all registered and unpacked in their rooms and eaten. <laughs> Very important to get the food Absolutely. in. Absolutely. But when they walked in and we had the music playing, um, one of the coordinators said, what do you want for the opening song? I'm like, just, let's just think, sing this song. So we had all those youth stand up together and they sang Trust in the Lord. And then they all cheered for each other after the song. And then the youth that was asked to pray comes up and pray and they clapped for the prayer after. And I was like, this is going to be a fun week. <laughs> Our main message was also about their experience, also shedding the title. And, and we might mention that President Nelson's video was made just for FSY. It so wasn't good. shown anywhere else. It's not on the web to be found. He had a message for the youth for that opening night, and it was perfect. So we shared two things are going to happen this week. You're going to have a horizontal experience, meeting friends and counselors and all of these people around you. But the big focus is the vertical experience. We want you to recognize when you connect with heaven. So if you've never prayed before, or if prayer is not part of your daily routine, this week it is. We want you to reach up at the beginning of the day and ask for Him to be with you. And at the end of the day, we want you to recognize He was there and thank Him for that participation. And in between, this may be the week where you want to bless breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's five prayers in one day. And what about when you go to a class? What if you had a prayer in your heart? Help me learn something from this class that I need to hear. So we kept adding up the prayers and said, you know, the more you connect with heaven, the more that connection will return. So every time you have a vertical experience, we want you to come tell us about it. So we had a journal they could sign every time they had a vertical experience. And all week long, we had so many fun moments where youth would run up to us. In fact, my favorite was Tuesday night in the middle of a dance. There's this kid in the middle of the mosh pit, sweaty, laughing, having fun, and he runs over to me. Sister Burke, I just had a vertical at the dance. We're all having fun. We're all making good choices. The music's clean, and he's here. I know he's here. And then he ran back into the middle of the mosh pit. And I thought, bless his heart, that is what this week's about. Yeah. Good, clean fun with wonderful youth, and they're all feeling something. So that was our opening. I think that goes, one of the things that I ended with was uh, Elder Cleveland Gotts uh, from his talk, Approaching the Throne of God with Confidence. And in there he talks about taking responsibility for your own spiritual well-being. Uh, stop blaming for stop blaming others for your own for your stop blaming others or your circumstances stop justifying and stop making excuses for why you're not fully striving to be obedient uh, this quote here spiritual confidence increases when you take responsibility for your own spiritual well-being by applying the atonement of jesus christ daily and that was kind of their goal that that's what we hope their goal would be is is to take spiritual responsibility or yeah for or take responsibility for their own spiritual growth that week Awesome. With that invitation, so. And Sister Burke, to your point, I love how, I love what that story illustrates about you know the young man at the dance. Um, you know, I think from my experience with these youth conferences, I think you you come to see <clears throat> the nature and character of Jesus Christ um, in a in a special way. Mm -hmm. 
And what becomes evident to me, and, and maybe this is more of just a personal insight, I don't want to say that this is true for everyone or in every moment, but I think the Savior has a very fun personality. And I think he knows perfectly the personalities of youth. And I think he knows, as the scriptures say, to speak according to their understanding. And I've discovered just through my experience that the Lord really does use these events. And it's almost surprising to see the moments that spiritual things land on these youth. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it comes at a dance when the music is loud and they're having fun and they're feeling joy. And, and they might not feel that joy in that way. And I think in those moments, like you said, the Savior wants them to know, okay, listen, identify the source of this joy. You're with friends. You're at a good place. You've chosen to be here. You've sacrificed to be here. You're listening to good music. This is a good moment. This is where I need you to be. This is where I want you to live, so to speak, and not just visit, if that makes sense, right? So I think that uh, it, it's fun to see how the Savior carefully crafts these little moments for these youth to be to be touched in meaningful ways that they will probably remember because they have an experience that's attached to it. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, and the experiences, it's those little moments that make the experience yeah. so awesome. Yeah, very true. It gives them a chance to maybe connect what the Scriptures teach them about the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. Uh, too many yeah, youth think... Point. That constant companionship, really, they're only feeling the Spirit if it's this quiet, spiritual yeah. moment. It can only happen in the middle of a lesson. It can only happen while they're taking the sacrament. Yeah. It can only happen in the temple. But that's not constant companionship. Yeah. That's just occasional. Yeah. But they get to feel constant companionship like, whoa, I can, the Holy Ghost is with me at a dance? Yeah. Absolutely he is. Now, the Holy Ghost is with me while we're playing goofy games at family home evening? Absolutely he is. That his yeah. job is to be your constant, not occasional companion so that and you bring up a fun one so on game night uh we had a whole group of the youth are out on the field and they're all playing different games run by their companies so they're male and female counselor and in one group this girl had been wearing her grandma's earrings that she brought from home and one fell out in the middle of the field and she just panicked i can't lose that I can't lose that. And so her whole company stops and they all start combing the grass until you hear one say, hold on, let's just pray. And the whole company knelt down to pray for the earring that <laughs> was lost. Well, all the other groups are playing games and, and they're just in this unified moment of we can find this and let's ask heaven for help. And sure enough, you know, five minutes later, a girl found it in her shoe. Oh, it wasn't even in the grass. Oh so they come running up. We had a vertical. <laughs> but again, he, I don't know that that would happen at a school situation sure. in the middle of lunch, but it happens at FSY. Right. I mean, that's, again, the whole company is on the same page, wanting the same thing, and, and to offer prayer as a solution was normal and natural in that setting. And then to have the prayer answered so instantaneously and everybody witnessed it was also magical for that setting. So it is. It's those little moments that teach he is watching, he cares, and he is ready to listen. And you can count on the Lord to, to do them. You, you know, you can count on the Lord to use those moments. He does. I mean, why would he not? Right. right. Yeah. Let's talk about the teachers. So in the middle of the week, Tuesday and Wednesday is when they have classes. 
So the teachers fly in, seminary and institute teachers from all over, go to all the different FSYs, and they arrive and they get four opportunities to teach, four times on Tuesday, four times on Wednesday. How did the teachers do for you? I thought the teachers were amazing. The ones that we had, they, <clears throat> you know, some of them are nervous. We had one that was pretty nervous because she'd never taught a hundred youth. Yeah, it's very different. In one it's setting. It's not 30 setting, in a classroom. Yeah. It's a hundred. So, so I think she started out a little nervous, but after it, the environment is just so conducive to their both participation, to use your language, horizontally and vertically that uh, it was awesome. They had them engaged. They were doing things. It was pictures. It was interactive. I, our teachers did amazing. The kids loved it. That You can always tell what they enjoyed, the youth. At night, they have that review and reflect. Uh -huh. Reflect and called? review, R&R. &R. Mm -hmm. And what they talk about, you know, what, what dominates that conversation gives you a pretty good insight into how their day went. And on teacher day, they just loved it. They loved the classes, and that was powerful for them. And they each had different favorite teachers and different favorite moments. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I had very similar experiences with the teachers that came. They were all, they were all very good. Um, you know, they all, I think, went through their own process of realizing, oh, okay, like this, this is what I need to do, or this is how I need to present. And they all did a great job of being aware perhaps of little things that they needed to change or, or whatever, um, and, and nothing big or terrible, but just little things. You know, it is important in these settings, and I know maybe in, in, the, in the seminary vernacular, you know, we, we don't necessarily want to entertain our students or draw them to us as teachers. You know, we always want to point them to the Savior and the Scriptures and the Holy Ghost. And, of course, these teachers do that, but there is an element of entertaining and, and making these kids enjoy the moment. And so I think in that setting with the large group, um, the teachers did a good job of creating a hunger, engaging the students in a unique way and trying to make the topics that they're covering relevant. Mm -hmm. Because if teachers don't do that, you've got a big chunk of time in the afternoon where those kids are, could potentially check out. But if those kids feel like the topic that's being covered is relevant, like they belong there listening to that, like the Savior is the focus, and, and that they're being engaged in a fun, enjoyable, and I think it's totally okay to say even in an entertaining way, mm -hmm. that combination um, is powerful. And oh, of, course, sure. of course, accompanied just by the unique setting the way that the spirit is there, they're all engaged in the same thing. And then those youth talk to each other. They say, oh, I was in this one. And, and you'll and want this, to go. And yeah, and this one was great. And so you saw a good variety of choices being made by well, the youth. And, and one of the great things about that choice, so they weren't assigned like, okay, you're going to go to this class, and then you're going to go. Yeah. It was, you go where you want to go. Yeah, we had five teachers at ours, and you could pick which class sure. do you want to go to this hour. Same and, with the four that we yeah. had. Before we started that, um, I just told them, don't just choose to choose. You have an opportunity to connect with heaven, heavenly father who's in charge of all of this, everything, the orbit of the planet and the galaxies and the solar systems and the stars also knows you and has provided you an opportunity to connect with him through a lesson. Prayerfully consider where you're going to go. And uh, that's that, great. You know, that, there was some, not, did everybody take that seriously? Of course not. Um, but there were some who you saw just take a minute, 
between classes to decide, okay, this is where we're going to go next. Yeah. And that choice, that option given them, that's a powerful thing. They don't have lots of freedom to choose in the week of FSY as far as what they're going to do, right? Like, we're all going to go do this thing, you're going to do this thing. This is one time where they do have a little bit of choice and option. And not only do they love that, but it was an opportunity, I think, for them to feel a personal connection with heaven. Let me give two examples of, of things teachers did that were so great. So in one of ours, the teacher had the topic was, you belong. So when the kids came in, he welcomed everybody, and it was very jovial and fun. They all sat down. He's like, I would like everyone to stand up, and we're going to sing a song, and you know it, and we're going to sing I Am a Child of God. And he had them all start and sing. And as they were singing, he walked through the aisles and had Rose sit down at a time. And soon, before you know it, almost everybody's sitting down. He gets down to the one girl who's singing the last part of the song by herself, looking <laughs> around like, what just happened? <laughs> and then he had a chance to question her. How'd you feel? Was it fun to be up here by, your, by yourself? No. <laughs> and he said, would you like everyone to stand and sing the chorus with you one more time? Yes. And so everybody stood up. They sang the chorus together. Everybody sat down. And he talked about the magic of how every person makes a difference in the choir and that everybody belongs. And every time you lose a voice, the whole group is losing out. And that's how he started his message. He had them from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it was something that got them out of their seats. It's something they all participated in. And then his message was not only heard, but felt by those youth. A second teacher uh, shared a story about a family situation at home that they've been struggling with. But he did such a good job introducing the story. He said, I'm going to share with you a moment of how God has affected our family. And I want you to hear my story because it's my journey and this is what I know to share. But I don't want you to take away my story. I want you to recognize that because God worked in our life, He will work in yours. Then he went on to tell a story about an experience with his daughter. And when he finished, he went right back to, now remember, this is my story. But just like He helped us in this situation, He will be there to help you. And so the youth could totally capture a story. They love stories. They love hearing life experiences. Yeah, they love, true. yeah, they love those moments. But the way he started and ended the story reminded the youth, it's the savior in your life that makes a difference. Your story will be different than mine, but he will interject in all of your lives when you need him. It was really well done. Let's talk about Thursday, the magic of Thursday. <laughs> so Thursday is the setup of that spiritual day where they wear Sunday clothes all day long. They go in a group uh, to have a restoration experience. Ours actually was in a grove of trees on the campus. I don't know what yours was. And then they go in and have a young women's devotional and a separate young men's devotional. What was your takeaway from that day? Yeah, Thursday definitely was a spiritual day. You know, one thing that I, I really appreciated in the schedule, and I meant to say this earlier on in the podcast, um, they build time into the schedule to prepare the youth for what they're going to do coming up. So they'll set aside 20 or 30 minutes to have a dance prep mm -hmm. where they say, this is how the dance is going to go. And this is how we'd like for you to behave at the dance. And let's try some dance moves. And this is how you ask a person how to dance, right? Um, they had other things like that where they would kind of train them with, okay, this is what game night's going to be like, you know, or this is what... This is how the talent show is going to go, and this is how you need to be during the talent show. And so they really prepared them to be successful in whatever it was that was coming up. I also felt like they they um, 
prepared the youth very well for Thursday. You know, from the very beginning of the week, they said, just wait till Thursday. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's going to have a different feel and it's going to be a good day. And so, yeah, like you said, they we had a, a great experience in the morning dividing the young men and the young women. And I taught the young men for an hour and my wife, Janelle, taught the young women for an hour and we had great experiences there. And then they have this restoration sort of lesson that they engage in with each other in a smaller group setting. Um, and then they have this wonderful musical presentation also about the restoration that the youth take part in. Um, and throughout the week during lunches and free time, the youth um, who wanted to, to perform on Thursday, they rehearsed. And so there were speaking parts, opportunities to share testimonies, um, and, and seeing some, some choir numbers about the restoration. And so all those things just invited the Spirit in a very powerful way. Um, and then Thursday night as session directors, uh, we were able to teach a lesson focusing on the atonement of Jesus Christ. And the stage was just set, right? I mean, that was our moment to ruin, so to speak, because it was just <laughs> gonna be successful from the get-go. Um, and so I, I remember that night in particular just being very um, powerful, you know, when, when, when you talk about the Savior and His atonement. And, and I, I focused on one of my favorite scriptures from the Book of Mormon that Lehi taught uh, about the Savior. He was speaking some of his final words to his son Jacob. And he said, I know that thou art redeemed because of the righteousness of thy Redeemer. It isn't our righteousness that saves us because our righteousness is never gonna be good enough. Um, it's not because of anything that we have done that gets us saved. It's because of everything the Savior has done that gets us saved. Um, and I illustrated just with some other stories and things to try to, to, try to make the point and the principle clear. But my, my overall takeaway that I wanted them to understand was um, because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, it is okay that we're not perfect. It is okay. Um, Elder Gong taught that perf or excuse me, that worthy doesn't mean perfect. Um, there's some other wonderful verses in the Book of Mormon and some other great quotes that we talked about that illustrate that principle. Um, but it's the perfection of the Savior that is what ultimately saves us. And so we need to live our lives in a way that he prescribes and follow him and yoke with him and we're perfected in him and through him. And it's okay if we're not perfect now, we can still be loyal to him um, in the efforts we make to follow him. So Thursday was powerful for a lot of reasons. And again, this is representative of the great decisions that the FSY program is making. These are the decisions that they're making to spend time on these things on, on different days that really um, lend themselves to, to good things. So counselors, coordinators, assistant coordinators, they all call Thursday payday. Mm -hmm, they do. Right? right. They use that phrase a lot. Thursday's payday. Uh, any parents who are listening, Thursday's a payday. You've been praying for your youth, your children, your, your son, your daughter. Thursday's a payday. Uh, not because it's artificially formed. But it's a natural outcropping of what's happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it does build to Thursday. And separating the, the boys and the girls separate and giving them that chance, it's because you can speak to them a little more personally and uniquely. Like my chance with the boys to, to teach them 
we talked about missions and the Lord's expectation that they serve a full-time mission. And it, there were some pretty powerful moments as you saw young men who had vacillated commit um, because the Holy Ghost just verified to them what the prophets have taught for years. Uh, when my wife taught the young women, she saw girls who did not see themselves the way that Christ sees them begin to look through the lens of his eyes for the first time maybe ever and cease to look at themselves through so many of the other lenses that the world would would value them as. And uh, that's pretty powerful to be able to do that. One of the things that I loved about FSY is that you do have men and women, males and females, teaching the young men and the young women. So some of these young women, they just need to hear from more powerful female voices, and they get that chance. It's baked into it to ensure that they do, whether it be a session director like Sister Burke or, or the, our wives who or come with us, or a teacher. I noticed they make an intentional effort having one of the teachers be a female. Uh, that's all very intentional to make sure those young women can hear some of the voices that they just need to hear. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that that's intentional and it's built in. I loved the young women's devotional, uh, and we did. We talked about how God called them to be creators before they even arrived on earth, and that that gift to create life was real and valid and shows how much he trusts in them. You know, the theme was trust in the Lord, but he trusts in young women to be compassionate and loving and kind to prepare to be a mother, whether they birth their own children or adopt children or just love the nieces and nephews, but they have a natural compassion with the gift of creation and the gift of motherhood. And it was so cool to have that moment to testify about those two gifts from their Heavenly Father who loves them. It was awesome. Thursday, definitely a payday. They go back and that was an amazing reflection of you to listen again to their testimonies that night of what they'd learned. And then by Friday, all the fun ignites. Friday was just a burst of fun from uh, just the chance to talk to them in morning devotional. They had a chance to go do a a family history experience where they pulled up relatives around me and were able to see in this whole field of 450 youth who they were related to. And that's the magic too of the restoration. You're almost related to everybody (laughs) in some way or another. And so it was fun to find who were the closest cousins and several of the youth running up to me, Sister Burke, I'm related to you. uh, they discover who they shouldn't dance with at the dances. Right, the <laughs> right. Which, that's a safety net for sure. So that was awesome. And then they had a chance after lunch to also do a social media experience. What happened with your youth during that? Um, I admittedly don't have a lot to say about that. Uh, I I don't... I wasn't able to see or experience what it was they were doing. So. Oh, okay. And And the reason why is I was helping... Uh, one of our our uh, coordinators with an some, issue. An issue, I was, right? So I was doing the same, but I spoke with Liz about it, and she said one of the things that she found neat is instead of the message "get off your phone," it was the message that you know, Elder Bednar. This has been what a decade ago. Yeah. Um, let's use it for good, right? So they they found some ways to use social media in a positive way, as opposed to trying to fight the flood that is. Um, so, but, but if you're a parent who doesn't feel like, Hey, social media is not really for my kids or at this age, they're not left out though. Right. They they don't say you must use social media. They just help them learn that it's a thing that can be used to move the work forward. And if you're already using it, 
let's use it to move the work forward. Yeah, so in the companies, we were all out in a field behind um, the sports center at, at the U of I, and they each were in companies coming up with a way to what should we put out as our company, as our testimony today. Mm. And they made really fun videos in a row, like, what do you love about the gospel? And each youth said one word, and they went down the row and made a one-minute video really fast with a big shout at the end that they posted. And so each company put out into the world something positive that they wanted to share and then testified of the tool that every tool we have could be for good or bad, right? You can use a phone to text a friend a compliment or to tear someone down. You can use social media to boost people up or you can use it to tear people down. And so it's what you choose to do with it where your agency comes back in and you can make something awesome. We didn't touch on before we close the talent show. The variety show. The variety show was awesome, I thought, simply because it gave a chance. As someone who is admittedly non-musical, non-performing, I've never loved talent shows because I don't have a performance talent. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I love Maybe you can't do on stage in front of a crowd. Exactly. But here, they, they picked things that wouldn't traditionally be part of like a ward talent show. They got to come up and be a part of. We had one girl do a dramatic reading of Little Red Riding Hood. And we had the Napoleon Dynamite dance. It was fantastic. They're from New Plymouth. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, they did, somebody did art, and they just displayed her art up on the projector for people to look at. So that was kind of fun. We still had piano players and singers, but, but it wasn't dominated intentionally by that because they try out for it. And they don't just take the best performers. They want a variety of performers, which is why they call it the variety show. I really like that. Yeah. And everybody's so supportive because sometimes something starts and you think, oof, this is a little rough. And then at the end, everybody's just over the top supportive. Yes, because by that, again, by that point in the week, they tried out on Tuesday. Right. If they wanted to be in the variety show, anyone could try out. Right. And then by the time they perform, everybody's supporting. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if you just go up and hula hoop, you're going to get a big crowd, a standing ovation. We had two youth MC it. They oh, were emceeing the variety Same. show. We had one that emceed, yeah. And that was great. I mean, he'd tell jokes that were very dad jokes. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciated them. But everybody appreciated them in that setting. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was great. And That's, it's so, so great to watch youth shine in front of other youth and to be cheered on by them. Yeah. That's, you've said it. You've said it well. That was my favorite thing I appreciate about opportunities that talent shows provide is to allow a youth to feel so much support from other youth mm-hmm. and to give opportunities to youth to be supportive and to really remember what it's all about. It isn't necessarily how quote unquote good or not good they are at their talent. Um, it just gives them an opportunity to remember that that's a person that I can care for right now in this setting in this way. Who is brave enough to yeah. stand up in yeah. front of 450 people to exactly. do anything. Exactly. There, there's a difference between being strong and having strength, right? And it takes great strength for these kids to put themselves out there um, and to potentially risk embarrassment or whatever. But they're so supported by by the youth in that setting. And it is. It's just a wonderfully positive atmosphere that really gives those kids time to develop and one that i'm not sure would work as well on tuesday as it does on friday oh man so true because they've built up right there's there's lots in that emotional bank accounts are there and they feel comfortable and And once again very intentional decision to do it friday yeah well and and even relationships let's talk about that two two stakes came to ours plus 35 
random youth. Mm -hmm. And and let's just make that known as well. Every stake will get the chance to do FSY every other year. So you're either on the even years or the odd years. Mm -hmm. So when your stake is on for the summer and you can't make it the week that your stake goes, you can register for a different FSY. You'll just have to pay to get there. Where if you go with your stake, your stake pays to get you there. So everyone has the opportunity to go on their summer. Your stake pays for you to get there depending on how far away it is. Right. Right, yeah, because like Moscow's just far enough away, they got the bus. But see, I was in Indiana, and there were some who were, if they were, it was three hours and in, they had to get themselves there. Oh. Outside of three hours, they could do the bus thing. Okay. So, yeah, we had, I don't even know how many stakes. We had four states yeah. Yeah. come to ours. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of fun and to see. And what university? From, it was at uh, Purdue University Purdue. in Indiana. It was incredible. Keep going. Yeah, I was just going to say it was just fun to see people from Illinois, like completely opposite sides. They've never met. Yeah. But to feel like, holy cow, look at all these Latter Day Saints in Illinois. I there might be three in their high school. Yeah. But to feel that power, holy cow, there's a hundred from our state. I didn't even know there was a hundred Latter-day Saints in the world. I mean, their vision's so limited, right? That's awesome. So that was that was pretty fun to see, and they would make those connections a lot. It was. It was so inspiring to see kids who told me that it takes three or four hours to drive across their stake. Right. You know, and they come and they say, I'm the only member of the church in my high school. And you just want to hug them. You right. just want to say, you're incredible. I mean, if they were writing Book of Mormon stories today... They'd write them about you and how to make good decisions when you're the only one and living and standing for something when you're the only one. And so there was a great feel there in Indiana, kind of different than perhaps, and I don't know what you had in Moscow, yeah, like an Idaho or Utah experience, right? right? Where these things are, we're accustomed to them. We get together in large groups and we know who's out there, but when these youth come and they get together with 450, 500 kids, they discover they're not on an island in what they believe. And it's uh, it's neat to see them come because they really want to be there, to yeah. be with like-minded and like-living people. And then they live, they leave with a group chat of their company, right. yeah. and I think they're still talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're still yeah. chatting. For sure. Yeah. Um, at a testimony meeting Thursday night, so after that beautiful spiritual day, and they go and their companies and share their testimonies. Um, almost every youth that started said, I didn't want to come to FSY. My mom made me, yeah. but now that I'm here, I'm and then so this, glad. I'm yeah. so glad I came. Every testimony until one darling youth who was all by himself from Spokane, and he said, unlike you guys, I wanted to come. <laughs> and he started his testimony, and I thought, next summer, that will be the testimony starter. Yeah. I wanted to come because I heard what everyone else's experiences were, and that's magical. Yeah. By Friday night at the dance, uh, everybody's friends, everybody's dancing. I mean, very few people are even on the sidelines, and the and again, the counselors plan those songs so well. Everybody up, we're going to teach you a line dance, and everybody learns how to do a line dance, and then they change it to a slow song where they're putting girls and boys together for slow songs, some for the first time in their life, and then it turns into a mosh pit for the next song, big dancing fun song, and then they just keep cycling that where... There was something for everyone at the dance. And after two hours of that sweaty dance, they want the session directors to share a message. And I'm like, how's that going to go? You know, you're at this loud phone dance and they want us to say something. But again, the church has provided a video that's only for FSY. And this time it was Elder Cook. And he had a closing message that matched what President Nelson had shared at the beginning of the week. And we had the opportunity to play that. So we went from this sweaty, hot gym 
to these cute kids sitting on the floor listening to an apostle. And then we sang again together one of those FSY songs from the youth album. And Brother Burke and I shared a message about taking home these vertical experiences and applying them to everyday life. Like, it's awesome when you're here with a safe group and it feels good, but you've got to go home and practice these same things in your own bedroom, in your own heart, and still make those connections to make all the difference. And then we invited the whole group, 450, to kneel down in the gym, and we had a family prayer to close the week. And it was so awesome. We had a huge group hug <laughs> at the end and thinking, where else in the world do you get this? Do you get this magical moment where you all feel like family and the love was there, the feelings were there right after a very big dance with great music playing. So it's such a unique setting to capture, to feel, to love, to learn, to have friends, to grow. I mean, all the things that can happen in a week of FSY are captured at the very end on Friday night. Um, one just important thing to note, I think, and the reason it ends with this taking it home, if you send a loved one, if you're a counselor, if you're a teacher who goes, the expectation that this will forever change their life if nothing changes when they come home would be a false expectation, right? This can be a launching pad, but they've got to keep going with the momentum, mm -hmm. right? So. We use the idea, because I didn't want them to leave thinking, well, now I'm not feeling the spirit. So it really was FSY. So I, I'm way out of my league in, in a musical conversation, but we just talked about crescendo and decrescendo in music, where it gets louder and quieter. And just the idea being the music's always playing. It's intentional up and down. But it's always playing. That, that's the Holy Ghost. He's always with you. Sometimes it's just really loud. FSY, it's just... It's just easy because it's loud as far as spiritual communication goes. You're going to go home and it might be a little more quiet. He's still there. Just don't stop. Don't leave the song just because you can't hear the music. Um, and so that's important to know when they come home as a parent, talk to your children. What, what did you do at FSY? What are some things you're going to do as a result? If you're a leader or a teacher in the church, what, what happened? What was it like? And even a bishop, let the youth come up and share their testimony. Hopefully they all are doing that. Yeah, yeah. give them chances to continue to springboard from this. Um, because if it's just a one-week experience and nothing changed, it will be a powerful, but only a one-week experience where nothing changes. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be, yes, a formal follow-up devotional, which each stake will have. But more importantly is the daily follow-up in the home or the weekly follow-up in their corner class, right? Or Bishop Brick, as they interview the youth, tell me what happened to you at FSY. What did you feel? What are you going to do? And then we're going to talk about that in six months when we meet again. And those kinds of things just have to happen. Awesome. Yeah, Janelle and I really tried to kind of expose those same things as well, you know, um, to the youth. Uh, I said, you know, at the end of these conferences, I hear the phrase a lot, I don't want to go home. And we, we don't want that. That's not our purpose, right? It's great that they're feeling so comfortable at FSY and having so much fun, but we want them to go home. We want them to go home better and a, and a better disciple of the Savior. And so we asked them to identify why. Why don't you want to go home? Like list some, raise your hand and tell us. And They'd say the things we've already talked about, you know, good music, good friends. I'm reading my scriptures with more intent and I'm praying in a much more real way and I'm and surrounded. All, all these yeah. things. So 
So I said, Kay, look at all those things you just mentioned. What of those can you not do at home? Well, maybe you can't gather with 400 people, but about every other thing you mentioned, you can do at home. And don't think that there's some unique thing about the Holy Ghost here that you can't feel at home. So you need to go home, recreate these kinds of things there as well, and invite the Holy Ghost in the same way. And I told them, I said, you know, change is difficult for one reason, because sometimes it can be seen as a sign of weakness. You know, if, if I go home and if I'm different, that means I lost. That means my leaders got to me and they made me change. And, you know, I lost or I'm weak. And I said, don't give in to the, the temptation of believing that. Just go home and be different. Give, give your mom a hug you know, and, and, and read your scriptures a little more and don't, don't give in to that idea that you're weak because you've changed, you know, as long as you're changing to be more like the savior, it's good. And we finished with one little thought about the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, when Peter was up there after all those heavenly beings appeared, there was one little spot in the verse where he said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Sounds like Peter loved it. He loved being on the top of that mountain. He loved being in the presence of those people. And then the next thing he said is, could I make three tabernacles? Could I make some houses for you and Moses and Elijah to live in so we could stay here forever? That's kind of how I take that. And we don't know what the Savior's response was, but I think at some point the Savior answered him and said, no, as much as you want to stay here, you can't. You've received some things up here that you need to take back down into the valley and share with those people. You know, you need to live better in the valley because of your mountaintop experience, kind of as the poem says. Um, and that's what we invited them to do. You know, we all want to stay on the mountaintop of FSY, but we do need to go home and we need to be better at home and more like the Savior at home because of the experience we've had here. So again, we've said it before, but such a great way for the schedule to be built. What a great question to ask. What a great thing to invite them to do at the end of the week to say, what are you going to take home and how are you not just going to be different, but how are you going to be more like the Savior um, in your efforts to, to change and, and be a little better? So it was a really great, really great way to end things up. I think as a last message today, if you're a young adult who has any interest in blessing the lives of youth and getting paid for a summer job, <laughs> apply to be a counselor next summer. I think this program will burst open next summer. There will be so many more youth that go because of friends that they will talk to at seminary or at school or cousins who got to go. And you will change a life by just showing genuine love and sharing your testimony. So young adults are needed to make this program shine. And if you're a youth or a parent listening, you do not want to miss your chance to go to a For Strength of Youth um, week. So make it a priority, plan your summers around it, and you will have a life-changing experience. It's worth every effort or sacrifice to attend, absolutely. And just to be clear about the counselors, I, my wife and I were so envious that we didn't have an opportunity when we were that age to do something like this, right? They, the church wants them to serve for at least four weeks, but they can serve up to 10. Um, and I, I think it's okay to say, but they make around $550 a week, I think. Mm -hmm. And all the room and board And is just to be clear, yeah, they, they the church travel sends the you place. around, mm -hmm. travel, room and board, all those things. We had counselors that started in California 
and went to Utah and Arizona and Nebraska and Illinois and Texas. I mean, they travel all over doing such an incredible thing. So I, I don't see how you could not want to get involved in that to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Sister Corden, in a meeting we were in, um, shared this story. She was at an airport, and somebody came up, oh, Sister Corden, and and her first question was, are you guys going to FSY? Well, it's the week of the 4th of July, and we kind of had a family vacation planned, and she said, that's great. Can I ask you a question? If I told you that Jesus was going to be there, what would your summer look like? Oh, we'd rearrange it. I mean, obviously, we'd make sure our kids could get there. And she said, he will be, so you should. And uh, that, that's, that's, I just want to add my witness to that. He, the, the Savior is at mm-hmm. FSY, right? Uh, and they have an opportunity to walk with him for the week. And uh, it's worth whatever sacrifice needs to be made. As a young adult, a young single adult, if you want to walk with the Savior for a summer, um, and bless what, his sheep. You, you, you get a chance to walk with him and see others who he's walked with for years for the first time recognize that he's walking with them. Kind of that road to Emmaus moment for lots of youth. Go be a counselor because you, you get to do that. You get to experience that. Parents, it can be tough depending on when it is. Uh, it's worth whatever sacrifice. You could, this is a foundational building block of conversion for children so worth it. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having a chance to share with others what it's like that may not get to be in our position. It it honestly was a privilege to be a session director with those youth this summer and one I think we'll remember our whole lives. Thank you. Thank you.